This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. One of London's leading therapists, Shomit Mittar, he believes that if you manage your inner world, the outside world will take care of itself, will help you deal with turmoil and serious life difficulties. He also works with people who don't have major issues, but just simply want to fly, as he says. So Shomit will give you all kinds of tools to deal with different situations. He's a member of the General Hypnotherapy Register and General Hypnotherapy Standards Council, and he's registered with the Complementary and National Healthcare Council. Here's one of the gems we've learned about in this chat. Meditation and all that is great in their support structures, but the one most important thing, overriding, bigger than anything else, is have a meaningful goal for your life, for your day. And by your life, I don't just mean the macro vision, what am I going to do for the next 10 years? Even for your day, for your week, for your month, have a meaningful goal, something that gets you out of bed, that gets you excited, that gives meaning to your life. The single deepest, most profound imperative that impels us as human beings is to feel that I am somebody. I, I add up to something in the world. I have a contribution to make. I, my life has meaning. Shomit, welcome to the chat. So now tell me, at the moment, of every two or three messages I get, at least one of them is about mental health, if not two. So tell me, why are there so many mental health issues currently? Okay, that's a very good question. And I'm, I will answer you. But before I answer you, one qualification, which is that there have been periods in history, if you think mm-hmm. back, when there wasn't the same awareness as we have now of mental health issues. But I'm sure there was huge amounts of stress and huge amounts of what we now call depression and so on. You think of, you know, periods like the Hundred Years' War, you think of, you know, the Crusades, you think of people who slavery, you think of, you know, all these things. Uh, there have been periods in history when people have been under tremendous pressure, even the Industrial Revolution, the terrible living conditions and so on. But mental health was not an issue then as it is now. And therefore, you know, we're not aware of that being an issue in those periods, but we shouldn't have an exaggerated notion of this being something that is unique to our time. I think it's happened in other times. It just wasn't seen the way we see it. With that qualification in place, coming to today, I think there are two things that I'd like to highlight. One, over the last perhaps 10, perhaps 10 plus years, is social media. And I'll come back to why. And the, the other obvious one over the course of the last two, two plus years is the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now, with I'll come to the pandemic first. We are a gregarious species. We like to go out. We like to meet. We like to have human contact. And to lock us up and not allow us to have human contact, with good reason because of the spreading of the virus and so on, makes for stresses that are not only kind of obvious ways, you know, kids don't just go to school in order to learn lessons. They go to school to play, they go to school to interact, they go to school to do team building things, and do you know, all of which requires genuine human interaction. 
But the other thing that I found in my work, which is quite interesting, sad but interesting, is that it's brought to the surface a number of things that have been issues but were suppressed because our busy, busy lives kept them concealed. So, for example, I've seen a huge spike, and I saw over the pandemic a huge spike in marriages falling apart. Why, you would think. Now, you think of a couple that have kids. They go to work. Husband goes to work. Wife goes to work. Kids go to school. They come back. They manage the kids and so on. Have a drink in the evening. Go to bed. And do that again. And do that again. There's very little interaction in that sense within the family, right? They're out there in the world doing their thing. Suddenly, you're locked up with your immediate family. And all kinds of little tensions that never were apparent before suddenly start surfacing. And I've had bizarre stories of one husband just calling, texting his wife downstairs and saying, just to let you know, I'm leaving the house and I won't be back. Um, and, uh, you know, we went and stayed at a, at a B&B. Crazy effects as a result of being isolated. Social media, more generally, has, again, two effects. One is the artificiality of the contact. It's not genuine human contact. But the other thing with social media is that there's artificiality in another sense. People tend on project an image of their lives that is idyllic. They're all having perfect holidays, huge success. Okay. And the receiving end of that, there's a tendency often I've found amongst clients to compare the idyllic lives that everybody else is having with the relatively humdrum life that you are having. And then you feel, you know, less than. And that's one of the things we can't cope with, feeling less than. We like to feel good about ourselves. And social media has the effect of often making us feel not so good about ourselves. I feel like there's another thing. Partly it's social, it's social media and the internet. Our brains are always occupied. So we don't have downtime. We don't have rest and recover time. So it's not just about feeling better than someone else or feeling as good as someone else. It's also the fact that the brain is constantly running, it's buzzing. Yes, uh, that's a very good point. And I'll add to that. It's not just the brain is occupied, but it's in the nature of social media that the brain hops from one thing to another, to another, to another. You're on a screen, another screen pops up, you go to that screen and so on. Now mm. that is very stressful. And I'll explain why. Every time your brain moves from one thing to another thing, Mm-hmm. It, there's a release of cortisol because you've got to up your game. You've got to up your game to deal with this new thing. What is this new thing? Who's this? What's happening yeah. here? And then as you've got used to it and your cortisol level goes down because you relax into it, something else pops up. Yeah. So again, you go to that and then you up your level again. So you're always upping your cortisol level to deal with a new thing. You can't settle. So now, now that we know that there's a lot of mental health issues, How would we recognize if something is starting either within us or someone in our family? You've heard the term fight flight. When the woolly mammoth is going to attack me, I will go into fight mode. I will kill the woolly mammoth or I will go into flight mode. I will run away from the woolly mammoth. And there's a third F, which is freeze. When the woolly mammoth attacks me, I will play dead and hope the woolly mammoth goes away. So that, those are the three signs. Fight, which means that you, when you notice that someone's getting very stroppy, very easily irritable, flies mm-hmm. off the handle, prone to rage, that's a sign. Flight, when they get increasingly isolated, they lock themselves away. Teenagers often do this. They mm-hmm. go off to their bedroom, lock the door, don't want to see anybody, don't want to eat. You know? So when they get more and more isolated, that's not a good thing. And freeze, when people have brain fog, 
They can't think clearly. They're finding ordinary things difficult. Focus is difficult. I mean, to give you one trivial example of that phenomenon, uh, a client of mine reported to me one day that she got three parking tickets in one week just because she forgot to pay the parking. And she was so stressed that she you know, parked the car. She would always park them. It's a silly little thing, but it, it's a clear sign. Why are you forgetting to do an ordinary thing like paying a parking you know, a meter? Because you're stressed. Because you're looking out for the woolly mammoth and you've forgotten about this silly thing. So those are the three things. Irritability, rage, anger, isolation, and brain fog. And you're saying even with teenagers, if they isolate too much, we should be looking into that? Yeah. A certain amount of isolation in teenagers is quite healthy. I mean, they're doing their own thing. They don't want, mom, get off my back. Okay. So that's perfectly healthy. They're growing independently. They can't be, you know, supervised by you all the time. They're asserting their independence. That's different. It's when you get isolated, you don't want to meet people, you're not going out at all, don't want to meet your friends. That, that I mean, isolation in that sense. When they go into a cave, you don't want people going into a cave. In terms of maintaining a healthy mind, what are the best ways of maintaining a healthy mind? So, you know, things will be thrown at us. This is life. So there's good circumstances, there's bad circumstances, there's pandemics, there's wars, there's all kinds of things. And there's things that happen in our personal lives. What would you recommend to just maintain a healthy mind? So let's take the analogy of the body. How do you maintain a healthy body? By nourishing it, by exercising it, and by resting. Mm -hmm. And you do the same for the mind, but with the difference that with the mind, nourishing it and exercising it is much the same thing. When you exercise the mind, in effect, you nourish it. So you've got to be an explorer. You've got to, you know, do new things, challenge the mind, whatever, whatever it takes. There's no one thing that you can do that is the best thing. It's whatever takes your fancy. Read, you know, do puzzles, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll give you an example. I'm visiting my 94-year-old mother here in India. And every morning, she does the accounts. And oh, wow. she will write down, gave so-and-so 200 rupees, paid 30 rupees for this and 20 rupees for this and 27 rupees for that. And she tots it all up in the old way with the carryover and all the rest of it and so on. She's 94. And touch wood. I mean, fortunately, she's physically able to do all that. But that's an uh, active mind. I mean, she's doing all the calculations and she goes and she reads and she reads the papers and has huge discussions with me about politics and the state of the world. And you got to have aliveness in the mind. That's health. But also rest. I'll explain how rest works. When imagine a library, a college library, let's say, and the library is open from nine till five. And the librarian deals with all the students coming in, taking books, returning books, all the books that are returned and the new books that are bought are in a big pile. And the librarian can't put them away because the students are coming in and out. When the library closes at five o'clock, she gets an opportunity to put the books back on their appropriate places on the shelves. If in a library, in a big library, you don't put it in exactly the right place, you'll never find that book because it could be lost. There are thousands of books. So when we sleep, when we rest, the brain is still active, but it's doing all the putting away of things and ordering things and tidying things up. So rest is very important. Okay. I always talk about day mode and night mode. Day mode is go out there, do things, challenge yourself. But you also must have rest mode, night mode, chill, sleep, etc. This is Anshu Bahanda. You can find our podcast, Wellness Curated, 
on Apple, Spotify, and a host of other channels. Now, let me turn that on its head and ask you another side of the same thing. For those of us who don't have mental health issues at the moment, how do they make sure they stay like that? It's a very boring word, but a very important word, which is routine. Interesting. Sounds terrible. I mean, what do you mean routine? We should be spontaneous. Be spontaneous by all means, but within limits. The main thing is routine. The, the brain is a creature of habit. And it loves to do the same things at the same times. So when it's one o'clock in the afternoon, my tummy tells me it's lunchtime, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. Why do we get jet lagged? We get jet lagged because the brain expects to want to go to sleep at a particular time. And suddenly you're asking it to do a weird thing is go to sleep at a different time. You're breaking its habit. So habit, a schedule is very important. And in your schedule, you can accommodate day mode, night mode, and all its different sort of bits. So hours for work, hours for leisure, hours for rest, etc. all in its appropriate period. So if, you're, if you do have a daily schedule, that's the best way of staying on track. So are you talking about the circadian rhythm? Yeah, well, or- yes, that's one aspect of it. You've got to be in sync with the circadian rhythm, but that's a very big overarching rhythm. I'm breaking it down into, you know, what are your meal times? You know, what are your work times? What are your leisure times? So, I mean, you know, if you are, for example, you know, you've got your core activity, your work or whatever it is that you do, and then you've got your support structures, you've got your time at the gym and your time for meditation and your time for reading and your time for friends, there's a time for each thing. And mm-hmm. if you start mixing up those things, then many things fall by the wayside. Either okay. work doesn't get done because you're really doing something else, or people say to me, oh, I didn't get to the gym for the last month because I got caught up with this or that. No, if there's a time for it, you, your body will tell you, your mind will tell you, it's time for that thing and you'll do it. So in terms of preventing mental health issues, what is the single most important thing that you would say? Either don't do or do or stick to this. I know you're saying that routine is a good thing, but I mean, like some people say meditation, some people say, is there one element that you would say, pick this and this will sort you out? Meditation and all that is great in their support structures, but the one most important thing, overriding, bigger than anything else, is have a meaningful goal for your life, for your day. And by your life, I don't just mean the macro vision, what am I going to do for the next 10 years? Even for your day, for your week, for your month, have a meaningful goal, something that gets you out of bed, that gets you excited, that gives meaning to your life. The single deepest, most profound imperative that impels us as human beings is to feel that I am somebody. I I add up to something in the world. I have a contribution to make. My life has meaning. And one of the the, the most awful sources of mental health problems and so on is the gradual erosion of that thing. You know, so if you get up out of bed in the morning and you just don't know, what am I doing? You know, why am I here? You know, so always make sure you have a goal. The goal can be a very big goal or a small goal. It can be to do with you. It can be to do with others. It doesn't matter, but there must be a goal. Okay. So I have a friend here in India, in Delhi, who runs a charity that has a huge charity, that the goal of which is universal uh, primary education for children in India. Now, that's a massive goal. It's a huge thing. It started many years ago, 20 years ago, as a small little slum in Bombay. And she did the whole of Western India, the whole of Northern India, the whole of et cetera. It's a huge project, but it's meaningful. 
But that's a big thing. Not everyone can take on something of that size. So you can have a very small goal. I mean, again, coming back to my mom, I mean, I was visiting. It's very sweet. She still believes that I'm a child coming back from boarding school. So she's racking her brains as to what are the foods he likes. Yes, absolutely. And his room must be tidied up and this, that. It's very sweet, but it gives her meaning. It gives her a sense of purpose. I mean, my visit was being built up to for about three weeks before I arrived because she was getting things ready and this and that. It gave her focus, drive, alertness. So you must have a goal. That's the single biggest thing. If you give us tips that we can go away with, that we can incorporate into our lives, which will help us, you know, it will help prevent mental health issues, keep a healthy mind. Let me give you six. Two for your work life, two for your leisure life, two for rest. Okay. So two for your work life. One, obviously, have a goal. Two, we've talked about it. Have a routine so that you fulfill that goal. Um, that's very important. Many people have goals, they have dreams, or ideals, but it doesn't get done because you get waylaid. So not only must you have that goal, that is where I'm headed, but you must make sure you don't go off the path. You must make sure that you get a unit of that work, a unit of progress towards that goal done every day. You don't have to do a great deal. You just have to do your little bit every day and you'll get there. But that's very important. I'm going down this road and I do that little bit every day. Okay. So goal and schedule, right? With leisure, two things. Exercise your body and exercise your mind. We've talked about exercising the mind, but exercising the body is a very important part of mental health because it gives structured expression to the flight response of the brain. We talked about flight, running away from the woolly mammoth. So when you're stressed or even when you're not stressed, it's very good to go for a run, go for a walk, get away from it all. When people go for a run, they're not just looking at their Fitbit and how many steps did I do. They're also for a little while getting away from it all. They're out there. They're, you know, sort of the sun is setting, the gulls are in the sky. There's a getting away factor with exercise. That's very important. And two, for rest. One, we talked about sleep. Sleep and routine are very important. Sounds boring, but you've got to try and go to sleep at the same time every day and wake up at the same time so that you sleep deeply. The brain is expecting to sleep. You give it what it expects and it feels very safe and rested and all the rest of it. Wow, that is fascinating. But also the other part is, and this is overlooked. It's a, it's a very trivial sounding word, but it's overlooked. And I think it's very important. Is fun. You've got to schedule in fun. You've got to clock up fun hours the way a pilot clocks up flying hours, okay? People forget that. They get, either they're stressed and fun. What do you mean fun? I can't have fun. I'm stressed. The woolly one, the mammoth is attacking. So that's not good. But equally, even when they're not stressed, the humdrum of life takes over. And that is to be avoided. You've got to, you know, you can't just sink into your chair and do the same old thing and fall asleep. That's not good. You need that fun value. So you need to schedule it in the way you would schedule in a client meeting. You know, it, you need to know I'm going off to do this and I'm, oh, I'm really excited about going to that play or I'm really excited about meeting these old friends who are visiting or whatever it is. There has to be a lot of fun because when we have fun, everything rejigs in the brain. Lots of things fire. They don't fire otherwise. But it is quite shocking. I find it sad how many people 
just allow fun to slip out of their life. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess you're talking about the human connection comes into the fun element for you. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. One of the things that we can do for others, you've asked me about what we can do for ourselves, and I've been talking about mm-hmm. ourselves, but what can we do for others when we see that they are irritable or getting isolated, right. et cetera, is be there for them. And the key thing there is communication, what we can do for others. Okay. Okay. And communication has three benefits. One is that it is stimulating to the mind when you meet people and so on. So the stimulation is good. The other is it gives perspective. It's when people are isolated that their minds trip and they go down all kinds of rabbit holes and, you know, and they go off into funny, funny places in their mind. Whereas when you communicate, you keep them real, you keep them grounded. And the third Mm -hmm. is you're there for them. And that is the single most important thing you can do, just to be there for people. Um, you don't have to solve their problems, just being there. I was in Brazil doing a workshop. A young woman, 25 years old, collapsed to the floor and started crying and beating the floor. So I went and I knelt next to her and I gently put my hand on her back for a second and then took my hand away. It can be intrusive to just to let her know I was there. And I just sat there on the floor next to her doing nothing at all. After a while, she quietened down and then she looked at me and I said, why don't you go and wash your face and so on and come back. And she did. She nodded and went off, washed her face, came back. And she joined in with everything. That evening after the workshop, we were in the bar having our caipirinas as you do in Brazil. And suddenly there was a tap on my shoulder and I looked around and it was this girl. And she put her arms around me and gave me a really lovely hug. And she said, thank you. So I said, oh, thanks. I mean, I didn't do anything. And she said, that's just it. You didn't try and solve my problem. You were just there for me. So that's a very important thing. Don't wade in. You can be a bull in a china shop if you wade in and try and take over and solve all the problems of the world. Just be there for people. Communicate. Wonderful. That was such a lovely story. Thank you so much, Shomit, for being here. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it. And here's to you leading your best life.